0: So, I had this dream last night. Yeah? What about? I was a superhero lawyer called the Deal Closer.
1: Oh, my.
0: Yeah, and my superpower was closing deals and giving clients high-value services in short time.
1: Well, maybe you've been influenced by Deal Closer, the pod's new sponsor. Oh, right. I mean, it makes sense. Deal Closer does have a superpower vibe. that helps lawyers close deals, bill, and collect faster.
0: It's all coming back to me now. They offer document management,
1: collaboration, e-signing, and really easy comparisons between versions. That's right. But to be clear, I do support your superhero aspirations. I mean, you're close already. And maybe while you get there, you can use Deal Closer. It's time I work with one of the fastest growing transaction management companies in North America. And if you visit cloud.dealcloser.com lawyer lawyerlife, you can get an extended free trial of 30 days and a 15% discount off a monthly or one-year subscription. That's cloud.dealcloser.com lawyer lawyerlife. Check it out today. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season six, we focus on resetting our lawyer brains. On today's episode, we discuss toughing it out. We ask whether true toughness means pushing through a hard situation or leaving it entirely. I'm Mike Anderson.
1: And I'm Darlene Tinelli. Hi, Darlene. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy, happy. Uh, what's going on? Oh, it's uh, it's a good day. I'm excited for the summer. Yep. I guess that's that's the one thing I'm glad that the weather's nice. I'm glad that the weeks are I don't know. A week with good weather is just a different week than the snowy weeks. I know we talk about weather and yards a lot on the podcast, but they really do affect one's well-being, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and it's there's a bit of a metaphor here, I think, but all, you know, a bunch of sunny nice weather days in a row makes you appreciate that like rainy evening that you get that comes through and you're like okay this is like this is nice too so anyway um
1: balance well i love the rain because i have grass seed going on right now oh, no. so i'm going to become the rains. obsessive one on i know it's my turn yeah. you've got yours in order now which i will be sharing on uh on the socials this weekend but um, yes I'm, I'm trying to follow in your footsteps
0: yeah. Um mm-hmm. speaking of following in footsteps, uh we want to say thank you to folks who have subscribed and especially reviewed uh the podcast. We're so grateful uh for that. And if uh you the listener want to follow in the footsteps of said uh individuals, please do. We would really appreciate uh subscribe, <laughs> review. It helps the podcast. It helps us reach more people and because we are we feel like this is helpful content or hopefully that's our you know, at least we're aiming for this to be helpful content for lawyers all over the place. And so the more folks we reach, uh, hopefully, the better, the more good will come from, from the effort.
1: Yeah. And I also really love hearing from people when the pod has helped them through a tough time. That is just the best and keeps us going. Yeah, so we do. We get that feedback. Um, and it helps shape what we talk about in the future. It helps us understand what's resonating with listeners. So yeah, all, all feedback is very, very helpful to this enterprise here that we're engaged in. The LLP Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, that's nice. So (laughs)
0: today, (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Um, (laughs) Today we're going. uh, We're talking about toughness, uh, toughing it out, and um, you know, again, this season is we're 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 focusing on that Malcolm Gladwellian sort of pivot on uh, oftentimes the things that we think are true or the language we use to speak about things is often inaccurate. And uh, in many cases, uh, in fact, the opposite is true. And so um, today we're talking about toughness uh, and, and asking whether, um, you know, in truth, the, the tough ones in the professions, uh, in this profession, are the individuals that, you know, push through hard situations. Um, or, uh, you know, maybe what we're actually consider- considering today is true toughness also sometimes just leaving a bad situation Um, because uh, that's just the right thing for you. Um, So Darlene, initial thoughts on toughing it out.
1: The way to start is to think, to say, or talk through between the two of us, what do we mean in law when we're saying toughing it out? And to me, I think it means really just putting up with what is handed to you. You know, there are toxic people. Most people acknowledge that management is not well done within law or not something we're trained to do. Uh, to be people managers. I think it has to do with kind of putting the client above everything and in, you know, real sacrificial lamb, masochistic, right? These are things that we say in in law. And I just, whenever I hear that, I kind of think, ah, why is that a good thing to hack it? I don't think we came to through law school into the legal profession to hack it and tough it out, right? What I would like to really explore is, okay, what's the good way of toughing it out? And what what is the, like, or is there a bad way? I guess I shouldn't answer the question because we're going to talk about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Part of practicing, doing anything that, you know, uh, is challenging comes with... Uh, you know, that struggle element, that, that thing that, you know, you have to develop the muscle to be able to push through, whether it is just, you know, a, a concept that you're struggling with learning, you know, an agreement you're you're struggling to interpret or, or draft, uh, you know, a difficult case, you know, those sort of things. There's just, just things inherent in the work that are hard. Um, and I think that, you know, the interesting thing to look at when it comes to toughing it out and um, whether individuals... Are successful because they stay and push through, or whether individuals are not successful because they realize that it's it's no longer worth putting effort in. Uh, is is looking at the context um, and actually whether um, the obstacle is will be a perpetual one that will always make your life worse, that gives you no joy, satisfaction, positive positive output, or are you pursuing something that's difficult but will lead toward fulfillment and other positive things that you want in your life?
1: That's, that's right. I would just add to the first part that if you're, if you're really toiling away, and that's how you feel. I always think toil for the sake of toil, I don't understand. For me, that's my own thing. Like toil in pursuit of something important or great or something I value, perfect has to be done you know but toiling like if you feel like you're toiling and you also kind of have this idea that you're not working on the right stuff or you're not working on something that means anything to you or the only reward which I do hear a lot you know I wouldn't have this job if it weren't for the money I hear that a lot and I just think well you know how rewarding is that and what does it cost you to have the money so if you're toiling and only receiving money and not fulfilled i think that's the the, what you were describing in that first point
0: yeah that's like those are the sort of situations where we think that a great show of strength um is actually to pivot away from the thing that's causing you that toiling feeling or the perpetual struggle without hope feeling um so you have two options. You can stay in the struggle and that show. yeah, there's like, there is strength that you need to exhibit there and toughness. But really the tougher thing to do is to look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, I will figure out the way it won't be easy, um, but I'm going to spend my efforts, uh, and energy in pursuit of the thing I really want. And the thing that I think will lead to long term um fulfillment. I mean, for me actually on this point, like I this this kind of rings true for me for the whole reason I went to law school. I was in a job that I on its face really enjoyed, but eventually it just started to become the same thing every day. I wasn't super sure of what the future would be. I didn't see myself in that career for a long time and so a lot of the sheen was kind of off of it and um it really, it scared me a lot to, I was 20, I think when I went to law school, I was like 26, 25, 26, which at the time I thought was super old, looking back, like it's not, right. um, but to make the decision to kind of uproot my life and move to a different city to go back to school uh, was hard, um, but I think that it, it, looking back at myself to be, you know, kind to myself, I think it was actually a great show of strength and one I'm so grateful for now. Like I'm so, 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 so grateful that I decided to do that and put in the effort into that um, more positive pursuit uh, instead of staying where I was and just like uh, accepting that life was going to be a slog. And uh, and that would have been that, you know?
1: I think at the firms, um, there's definitely a culture that says if you leave, it's because you couldn't hack it. And when I left, I really felt you know, similar to what you described, I really felt that I didn't, I wouldn't thrive there. I mean, no matter what, like, even if I stayed forever, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my life that I wanted to have. And maybe the people who stay don't feel that way. And that's fine. But I also think that there are a lot of people who stay and do feel that they don't thrive there, but stay. I think when I think about that situation, I think about people who are really other-focused, like really focused on what other people are telling them to do, what other people need, what other people's personality quirks are that they have to cater to. And they're not taking ownership of their own needs in any way. And I think most, like the the legal profession really supports that outlook. And I think it's deeply problematic because... Uh, One, it enables behavior that should be put into check (laughs) and would be in another uh, office environment. And it also isn't very empowering as a human. You know, when you're sitting there getting kind of kicked around and someone is, and, you know, bullying behavior is rampant in our profession. And we're going to do an episode where we talk about that in a bit. But it really is a disempowered form of sitting there cranking it out that is different than other forms of just hard work towards a purpose
0: you know we've all been in situations where we've had hard stretches of work uh, a week a month a year where you know you had to be heads down and really you know pushing toward an end result that that is a thing but the question is are you doing that consistently with absolutely no (laughs) joy feeling Mm -hmm. uh you know pride uh, and is it just doing it for the sake of doing it so that you get the paycheck at the end of the day? It really is the only outcome that effectively matters at that point. And, um, you know, the question is, does, how much does that paycheck matter? And and really, are we being compensated uh, so well, perhaps, because we're just uh, in a situation that others would would walk away from?
1: Right. I I think so. And I just think that's so sad because it is something we joke about, you know, golden handcuffs, like sell your soul, this kind of stuff. It's, I think, real, in that you can get to the end of um, your working life and think, well, you know, I'm, I'm comfortably provided for in my retirement, and I was able to materially do the things that I needed to do. But like, who, who was that person doing that job all those years? So I think there's, I always look at high, high material compensation and think at what cost, you know? Uh, You know, does money, is it worth it for what you had to give up? And this is, again, why I think it's so important to really distinguish, like, being a cog in the wheel, toiling away versus working hard in pursuit of fulfillment and personal growth, which is the second piece of this.
0: I I mean, I I would assume, you know, uh, bucket number two is where you likely see your work life now, right? Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. The work is challenging, um, but it is, you know, in furtherance of a th- of a association that you have crafted and and a way of practicing that you believe in. So, has your perception of of hard work changed in this new sort of model?
1: Well. No, I mean, I've always been and this is sort of a misperception that actually this is a good opportunity to clarify a lot of people think Oh, a work life balance firm. So like you don't work very much or, you know, uh, you're more focused on like treat yourself and (laughs) spend time at the spa. I mean, I still I've always worked really hard. That's always been a thing in my life but not to the exclusion of other things. I've never been the person who would just crank it out for weeks and months on end because I don't believe in that. You know, at a certain point, it's just not who I am because I've got always just a compass of where I've got to calibrate. It's important for personal growth, hard work. I'm all over it. Hard work where it's just someone kind of, I'm caught in some strange cycle of, you know, person reviewing the draft 30 times on a power trip, like I have no time for that. (laughs) Like zero. That's a different type. You can be a very hard worker, but just make choices about what kind of work you're going to do. And to me, the metric is always, am I going to grow from this? Am I empowering myself through this work? Or am I disempowering myself? And if it's the latter, I'm probably going to find a way to either fix the thing about me that's allowing that to happen through like self-improvement work, or be like, yeah, that's not a thing that needs to be in my life. So now the work that I do, I'm always just trying to grow every day. And I still do something out of my comfort zone, at least once a day. I I never feel like a cog. Anyone in that I'm in contact with, I don't ever want them to be a cog in a wheel. I want us to be part of something exciting. So yeah, does that answer your question? That was a long answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, (laughs) I actually hadn't thought of that before. And as you know, sometimes I I think by talking and yeah, that that about sums it up.
0: I think that there's a great parallel between the bad type of toughing it out and inefficiency. Um, Mm -hmm. When you talk about like, you know, being a junior with a senior that looks over your shoulder too much or gives you, you know, vague directions on purpose or this other like you know whether it's intentional or not not, very common sort of behavior that comes from senior lawyers for whatever reason i'm not like i'm not going to put ill intent there but it can be very hard to be a junior lawyer that that difficulty could come from bullying um, and that's going to make you worse at your job. Like the, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it just inevitably will. A bully will, no matter what people think, you have to type, type, toughen people up. They have to learn the ropes just like I did, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you just are like civil and nice and give someone clear direction and support them with intentional mentoring, they are going to be way better. Like they will be way, way better mm. than someone who feels bad about themselves, who's questioning everything they do. Um, You know, all that sort of stuff is negative and terrible and can lead people sometimes rightly to be like, I don't need this. Right. So when we're looking at for senior folks, when you're like running your firm or treating your juniors, this isn't just like, let's see who can hack it. uh, And that's the marker of them being good. No, actually, um, the marker of them being good is entirely different. And sometimes the marker of being good is them actually leaving because you've made a terrible situation uh, for them yeah. to exist in.
1: One, well, you you make a really good point because what you've built is someone who can hack it. That's what you built.
0: Yeah, not <laughs> That's someone what who's driving. Yeah,
1: yeah, but also, is that person the best lawyer? Is that person the most intelligent with clients? Are they the most strategic? You know, my all my strategy and you know ability to solve problems is from my time to myself where I'm like that's the solution you know it kind of pops up it's not from grinding it I almost never come up with innovative interesting solutions while I'm grinding it's like that happens and I'm like okay bye (laughs) for the moment
0: Seinfeld Jerry Seinfeld uh, comedian that we all know (laughs) I think uh Mm -hmm. and uh he talks often about his meditation um he talks about basically like he'll be working and he'll hit that wall and he compares it to a car. He's like, you need to fill up the tank. Like it's mm-hmm. an, or you can just run your, run your brain to empty. And then what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Right. So there's, there's a great investment in, uh, sometimes not toughing it out. And that's in a smaller example. I know we we're talking more broad in this episode about, you know, career and life in a lot of, uh, cases, but, um, you know, there are instances where we, we, we have to look at what's in front of us and make a decision to plow through or to take a step back, I suppose is what I'm saying. And, and, and the profession always says or often says the person that plows through that success, that's the goal, that's what we should all be. But what we're advocating for today is like the step back is at least as important of an approach to consider uh, in a lot of uh, situations. I'm a big I'm becoming a big step back guy is I guess what I'm saying. You know, A big step Mm -hmm. back guy uh, in many reasons. Good. So, but wait, uh, (laughs) we now (laughs) uh, we now need to bring in uh, one of our I don't know if it's like favorite or I, I feel like you and I connect a lot on the stoic stuff from Ryan Holiday. And we've mentioned his work at least one other time. Uh, in the podcast. And uh, you had some great stuff from Ryan's book, Obstacle is the Way to Go Through and Otherwise. Do you want to cover some of that now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Stoicism, right, is having a moment, as we have discussed on the podcast. And I think it is, you know, wrongly perceived as this idea that you just, like, well, I shouldn't say wrongly. There are elements to it that are, you know, life is hard, you power through you know, that is sort of the common view of Stoicism. But I think when what Ryan Holiday does is he takes the old Stoic philosophers ideas, kind of repackages them for the modern time and puts a new spin on them. So um, we have done a podcast on one of his books, The Ego is the Enemy. He's got another book called The Obstacle is the Way. And he talks about really the way that they use the tough situations and stick through them for the purposes of growth which is exactly what I think that's what we relate to and I just don't think it's just about being stoic and you know not feeling emotion and all these other stereotypes about it. I think it's okay. We all have hard times. We all have something that is a challenge that we have to deal with. So maybe work isn't the place that a lot of people experience their stress. I mean if you have a sick family member or you know a child with special needs or you know, name it, everyone's got their thing. So what he talks about in or what he repackages for our consumption is really talking about getting through and building your character through the hard work and the hard experiences. So, you know, I'll I'll read one quote from um, The Obstacle is the Way. It's Marcus Aurelius and Ryan Holiday is saying that what he meant was that the Stoic finds a way to turn every negative into a positive positive. In this famous line, what he's suggesting is that no matter how bad or seemingly undesirable a situation becomes, we always have the opportunity to practice virtue, use the situation as an opportunity to be our best selves. We don't control when things get hard, but we always control how we respond. We can show patience, courage, humility, resourcefulness, reason, justice, and creativity, and the things that test us make us who we are. So the Stoic, he says, grows stronger and better with every obstacle they face. So that, to me, is what this is about. So some people can face the obstacles within the the law firm and triumph and develop a bunch of personal power from it and go on to great things. Excellent. You know, in my case, I looked around and I thought, you know, I got a lot of power and growth from realizing and being forced to define what I wanted out of life and who I was as a person and what I would tolerate and what I would not. And really, as I've said before, I just really wanted to choose the things that I worked on throughout my life without doing 10 years of working on stuff that I didn't have control over. So, um, and that was just a principle and moral based thing that was important to me. And what I think that he's saying through all of these uh, resources, there are many of them if you're, if listeners are interested in stoicism, but he's basically just saying that's the growth and whatever you do with the growth is up to you you could stay you can go you can build but you have to keep moving forward so that was the one that stuck out to me on this topic
0: in the end though we can only be that like uh very intentional and present um uh, and calculated person if a lot of the other stars align with uh, the way that um we're we're treating ourselves and the way that uh, our environments allow for. So I think that the, the other thing that comes from this on this point is that oftentimes the, the the chips are stacked against folks in bad situations to even get to this point of mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I don't know if it's enlightenment, but certainly self-awareness or learning. I, I you know, oftentimes cultures um, move so fast, have a certain way of conduct discussion Problem solving, all that sort of thing that doesn't necessarily allow, especially, a, um, you know, a new lawyer uh, or a lawyer uh, that, that feels like they're on, uh, on the outs it, within that culture from the outset, it doesn't allow them to, like, um, self-reflect and stop and consider what's going on and build their response and, and control that response accordingly and own it. And a lot of the time you're just kind of, it, it's like a fast current that's just dragging you along, whether you want to go along for the ride or not. And the self-reflection um, and and understanding what this is in the context of real life and not just life within the four walls of that office uh, is hyper important to decide on what to do next after Uh, you know, a situation unfolds, and whether toughing it out is continuing to be there or toughing it out is a departure and movement to something new.
1: And there's a good quote on that too, which I can put in the show notes, but a reference to Seneca. So the the second thing and sort of encapsulates what you just said, just because you've begun down one path, now this is Ryan Holiday talking about Seneca, just because you've begun down one path does not mean you're committed to it forever, especially if that path turns out to be flawed or impeded. At the same time, this is not an excuse to be flighty or incessantly non-committal. It takes courage to decide to do things differently and make a change, as well as discipline and awareness to know that the notion of, oh, but this looks even better, is a temptation that can't be endlessly indulged either. And that is, I think, the crux oh, of wow. like what we're talking about. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm going to go over here and that's going to be better because, you know, you're going to be there too. <laughs> This is what I've found. If you move and you haven't made any sort of self-improvement or empowered yourself at all, you will kind of come up against the same thing again, just in a different format, maybe even more challenging the second time. So we can probably do a whole episode on that topic. Oh, this anyway, is hard work. This is. That's hard work. When you get into stoicism, the truth is that it is helpful, but also... Um, I, I think we have to carve out space for fun in it.
0: And and it's the, the standards are so high. <laughs> the standards are like so the high. just like the highest yeah. standards of conducting yourself. I love it. I've, I'm reading it, uh, currently. Uh, it is very, man, a paragraph is enough to think about for five days. Like it is just, oh, yeah. there's Dense. so much, uh, Dense and I have business. to remind myself that, uh, we're not aiming for perfection, Mike. We're just trying to self-improve, uh, blah, blah, blah.
1: With the, that reminds me of something I've come to lately, which is that when doing all this self-work, so for listeners of the pod that are trying to do self-improvement and going through all this stuff, it really is imperative that we take some time and put fun or relaxation into the day as well, especially during this COVID time. But um, this stuff is a bit heavy, for sure.
0: Yeah, and... When I when we were like initially formulating thoughts on toughing it out, rest was a big uh, thought in my mind because the only time that we our minds actually taking information properly to have effective learning or our bodies, if we are trying to strengthen ourselves, rest is imperative. Like rest is imperative all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we are in situations that challenge us, that also calls for situations in which we can completely unwind and allow ourselves to... Uh, to rest yeah. so <laughs> that's like uh, again in the face of the toughing it out mentality which just like i don't know for me that i s- just see this like you know bulldog of a lawyer just like constantly moving forward pushing folks aside nothing gets in my way never showing weakness like that. And and in the end, that person is going to fall flat on their face. Like it, it is inevitable. If you're constantly sprinting, it, you're, you you have to stop at some point. Um, and that's maybe one of the more serious things that it, it, part of this conversation is that like for some people, this can be a life and death matter, right? Like we have major mm-hmm. mental health uh, issues in the profession. We have substance abuse issues in the profession. Yeah. It is You know, I am no doctor or expert in this area. I would hazard to guess you're more likely to enter into one of those two zones if you are profoundly dissatisfied with what you're doing and uh, you're doing it a lot uh, at great cost to your energy Um, and the other things that you could be reserving uh, for more positive endeavors that actually uh, support your life. So it's a really, it's just, it's hyper important. We do want to say that it is fine and important and maybe um, a sign of uh, great uh, strength and success to be a lawyer that chooses a different way, pauses, steps aside, moves to a different area, decides to make a change to get away from uh, a really hard circumstance.
1: Yeah. Or if you just like you tough it out, like it says in that quote, just because you started there doesn't mean you have to stay there. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that's a big thing. And for people who are really failure averse, that can be such a hard thing to face down where you're just like, no, no, I got this big job. I got to keep it. I got to do what has to be done. Maybe, you know, maybe if it's not soul crushing, that's a good choice. But then you have to build all the good habits within that tough, toughing it out as opposed to just toughing it out at the exclusion of well-being.
0: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, So thanks for that chat, Darlene. That was a good one.
1: Um, I think we're processing that one together at the time. Sometimes on the Lawyer Life podcast, we're talking about stuff that I I really feel like I'm through and have dealt with. And sometimes (laughs) we're talking about stuff where I'm like, yeah, I'm still in an evolving state of consciousness on this point. And I I think this is one of those topics for sure for me
0: yeah and and is I think hey, you could look at it through five different lenses uh, and scales and um, the analysis there would be interesting in each and maybe we'll do that again in further episodes but for now uh, we will take a pause and come back with our goods and grapes The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I N T E R A L I A law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support. And gripes are things that annoy us. Okay. Darlene.
1: Oh, Okay. Goods. I would say what's good is my son is developing a real sense of humor. <laughs> and it's so funny. It is so fun to have someone making jokes in the house that are of the grade one level. My goodness, the things that he finds funny are great. And one thing about it is that a show he have, he found the show Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh yeah, which has been a it's a reboot, I guess is what we would call it. Lily, do you want to hear my Alvin impression? Pod- I have heard it, and you've done it on the podcast once. Oh before. No, I'm so desperate to do. It. <laughs> like actually, Alvin. Do you, as oh, it I have an happen. excuse to
0: do my Alvin impression. <laughs>
1: which I have heard it and I'm I'm pleased okay. that you have one right, but coming? I didn't realize it was like a new new show but he right. finds it just as good as I found it back in the day and it's funny to see that something about these chipmunks is uh you know intergenerational so it was I'm sure annoying to parents then it's kind of annoying to parents now but he loves it so I like seeing him happy and Right now, for the kids, just anything that will make them happy and laugh and enjoy a good time as kids is oh. fair game.
0: Okay. Right I have a, I have a gripe that's re- directly related to this. And I have a theory and then a gripe. First of all, okay. speaking of like, there's something magical about these chipmunks that kids love. I just think that kids will love almost anything you put in front of them on television. This is my theory, backed <laughs> up by my gripe, which is, have you ever watched Blippi? On no. YouTube? Oh, okay. So <laughs> Blippy is like, uh, he's a guy that does a YouTube show that's been immensely successful. Um, he dresses up and goes to like a construction site and is like, this is a front loader. Oh, look at how great this front loader is. But it is <laughs> it's just like unscripted. It is like, there's no format. There's no learning. There's, it's just this guy with glasses and a hat on talking about construction vehicles or like the play site he's on and my the kids in the neighborhood love it so my son watched it and then he became obsessed with it and i hate it <laughs> it's totally my gripe and now it makes me question at all the efforts that we put into making great children prog- children's programming because i just wonder based on this maybe that they don't need much at all uh <laughs> is uh so blippy is my my gripe um also my good is kids related Um, and it's small, but uh, with the good weather comes, uh, trips to the ice cream store to get popsicles. And the joy that that brings to a child's day is incredible. Mm -hmm. It is, (laughs) and therefore a great, uh, mechanism to bring joy to my life because when they're super happy and excited, then I'm super happy. Um, so my good is just the, that, that incredible amount of joy that, um, Popsicles and ice cream can be brought. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And such a summary thing that you probably have memories of as a kid. That's kind of tied to my gripe a little bit, which is I always feel like I have to make a homemade birthday cake for my kids. I just feel like that is a thing that I have to do. Yeah. It's not me. Like if we talk about integrity and authenticity and all the things that I value, I make, you know, three cakes a year, (laughs) which is not enough cakes to be skilled at making cakes. And it's just not my thing. I like cooking, baking. I don't, I don't want to create even a culture with us that that's like the most important thing about the birthday. So I don't know, I need to revisit that because it causes intense stress. And I realize that on a billable hour basis, uh, to make the cake this year. It was like a many thousand dollar cake. <laughs> I'm like, this is not, I don't need to do this. This is a thing. Like we have to you choose the things I, that I, we value.
0: I know I, I've done this before. I quibble with your um, uh, running a billable hour analysis on your time <laughs> like that, because that's a dangerous, <laughs> I'd be like, well, it's not worth showering because this shower costs X it's amount of true. dollars. Uh, There's things that you need to do in your personal life that you can't run a billable against, I would say. And I think that you just tend to run your billable against the stuff that you don't like doing, which... Correct. (laughs)
1: yeah, 100% accurate. And where I've received a quote that I rejected because I thought it was too high, and then I made it myself. I'm like, well, that wasn't a very good economic decision. Anyway, yeah, this is the thing about being kind of conscious about decisions that I'm making. I just It has to be something that I... I don't know, as, you, as the listeners will know, as you know, I don't like doing things just because it's what is done. I like to do things if it makes sense in the context that yeah. I'm in, you know, and this one doesn't, and I do it every year. And so, uh, yeah, revisiting. So that's my gripe.
0: Okay. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good for
1: you. Joy of ice cream, gripe of cake. Yep. Anyway. Okay, well this is good discussion and good uh, I'm sure we'll both be thinking about this one for a, a bit. I will be.
0: I'm just going to be dreaming about it.
1: <laughs> dreaming about. Wake up in the bed, wake
0: up in the middle of the night. <sighs> Top it out. It's all so good. Okay. Um well until I update you on my dreams next time, uh we'll talk soon. <laughs>
1: okay, talk soon.
0: That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Interalia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we'd love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.